In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and today we're going to explore the topic of how to develop high-performing teams. Now, if you're a returning listener, welcome back and thank you. But if you're joining us for the first time, let me explain what this show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about helping you become aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. But we also talk about business issues that leaders need to be aware of in order to lead their business successfully in today's global marketplace. We cover a lot of subjects from data privacy to trust and leadership, and we have talked about a lot of trends and listened to a lot of advice. So listen to our past episodes. We have also celebrated events, such as in February, we celebrated Black History Month with an interview with Dr. Max Hilaire, Fulbright scholar, humanitarian, lawyer, and consultant to many countries and the United Nations. You can listen to all these interviews on Voice America Business Channel under Leadership Beyond Borders. You can also download us, listen to us on iTunes and Google Play, and listen to some great leadership stories and leadership advice. You can also reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, contact me. We do have a worldwide audience. If you have a compelling business story, if you are a leadership expert or passionate about something in business, reach out to me. You can go to my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusinesstherapy.com and check out what we have to offer. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, if you are a business owner, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. Now, on to today's broadcast. The value of high performing, the value of a high performing team has long been recognized. 90% of investors think that the quality of the management team is the single most important non-financial factor when evaluating for an IPO. And this is why the value of high performing teams is widely recognized. Statistics also show that there is a 1.9 times increased likelihood of having above average financial performance when the top team is working together towards a common vision. And the topic of high-performing teams and its importance or their importance is not about to diminish as the digital technology reshapes our workforce. We all know that teams look a little bit different today than they did 10 years ago. We have virtual teams. We have more diverse teams as we focus on a global economy. And the traditional type of employment contract has changed from permanent to temporary or freelance. And partnerships have become more important in business. And all this has an impact on teams. But these changes do not have to be obstacles to putting high-performing teams together. They can actually be opportunities. Putting together a leading and a high-performing team should be the focus of every leader and is recognized as one of the top-focused leadership topics. Although it is not only about finding energetic, ambitious, and capable people and putting them in a room together, it goes way beyond this. And this is what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to discuss what makes a high-performing team click, what makes them work, and what are the disciplines we as leaders need to pay attention to when forming and leading teams. And we have a fantastic guest expert today. We have with us Dr. Peter Hawkins. He is executive professor of the leadership of leadership at Henley Business School, and that's in London, where he is researching next generation leadership and leadership development. He is also a visiting professor at the Universities of Bath and Oxford Brooks. He is the founder and emeritus chairman of Bath Consultancy Group and Renewal Associates. 
Over the last 30 years, he has worked with many leading organizations in many parts of the world, co-designing and facilitating strategy reviews, as well as major organizational transformations and leadership development products projects. He is a thought leader, and he contributes his thought leadership through his books. He's an avid author. His books are Creating a Coaching Culture, The Wise Fool's Guide to Leadership, Coaching Mentoring Organization Consultancy and Supervision, which he co-authored with Nick Smith. But the most important book that we're going to talk about today is his book, Leadership Team Coaching, which set a standard for how we look and manage high-performing teams. And I have to say, I've had the pleasure of learning about teams and systemic team coaching from Peter, and I'm honored to have him on the show today. Peter also has a PhD in organizational behavior from the University of Bath. So, Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Great. So um, I'm so excited about this interview because it's just so great, you know, having learned from you and then having you on the show is so fantastic. But I'd like to start out for our listeners. What what started and piqued your interest about high-performing teams? Well, um, to give my age away, it started when I was a team leader um, working with, in the mental health industry back in the early 1970s. And I realized that uh, the complexity of what we were trying to do in, in running a therapeutic community meant that we needed a team that was more than the sum of its parts. And then gradually, as I got more and more into uh, working less with individual mental health and working consulting to organizations and looking at organizational learning, I realized how often one goes into senior leadership teams where the average IQ is well over 120. And yet the, the team functions at a collective IQ of somewhere around 60. And I thought, what a wastage of kind of human energy. And I, I recalled that as a leader and manager, I often spent time in meetings. And I would think, are we using all the creativity and all the brain power of what we've got in the room? Or are we all sitting here listening to a series of monologues or dialogues? Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because I think all of us who have been leaders or been on leadership teams can relate to that. Um, and uh, what you're saying, really, you know, I can see many of the places where I, you know, were part of a leadership team, and you really did listen to the monologue. But let me, when you're talking about leadership teams, Peter, how do you have a, a specific specific definition on 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 how you define a team before we go into how to help them function? Yeah, I think um, not only in my work, but in people like uh, Katzenbach and Smith, the work they did in the 1990s and the work that, work that Ruth uh, Wagerman has done um, and, and Richard Hackman. There's been a lot of work to look at the difference between pseudo teams and real teams. Mm -hmm. R real teams are not just ones who report to the same manager or the same boss or who are located in the same box on the organogram of the organization. That just makes you a reporting group. What makes you a real team is that you've got a collective purpose that cannot be achieved by the members of the team working in parallel. A collective purpose that can only be achieved through collaboration. So it's the purpose that makes the team, not the team members. And this collective purpose, if, if that's what makes the team, that also moves into your philosophy and your um, five disciplines of the team, which one of them would be commissioning and I'm going to ask you what the what the five are and where does collective purpose fit into that? Well, well the five disciplines and, and, and what I write about in all three editions of, of the book that I've written, it's got updated every three years. But, but the five disciplines were based on, on not only my studying um, all the best research I could have find on, on effective teams globally, they were based on myself and my colleagues working for 
40 years try, trying to work with teams across all sectors and in different countries. And, and, and it was also based on realizing that a lot of team coaching was still based on some outdated assumptions. It was based on the notion that if you get uh, the team together and you have an offsite or an away day and everyone gets to have better relationships and uh, like each other better and understand each other's psychological profiles, you would have a better team. And, and the, the team research continues to show us that having great relationships and interpersonal dynamics is useful, but that's not what's most critical in becoming a high-performing team. And mm -hmm. that notion of having a clear collective purpose is, is the foundation. And the first of these five disciplines, commissioning, is about why we're a team. Are we clear why we are a team and why we need to collaborate? And, and that the commissioning isn't just you getting a, a clear brief from those above you. So say if you're an executive team getting a clear brief from the board, it's about are we clear about what our stakeholders, our customers, our employees, our investors, the other parts of the organization, what is it they need us to be doing? So your, your commission comes from a wide range of stakeholders. And, and the word commissioning is interesting because it means co-missioning. It's not something you just receive. It's something you have to work out in dialogue with your board or dialogue with your investors and customers and suppliers and employees. So it's the evolving co-missioning. And this, this commissioning and, and collective purpose, it, one of the things that I've seen over the years is that people forget stakeholders, okay? Um, that they don't get the, the big picture. You know, a stakeholder may have been forgotten. And how... How critical is that? And is there any secret to, to making sure when you start to form this commission that you're, you make sure that you are taking in all those stakeholders? Absolutely. One of the simplest mechanisms I do with many of the teams I work with, whether it's boards, senior executive teams, or, or teams at any level, is I bring in several empty chairs and on one of them, I have the word, our employees. On another one, our customers. On another one, our investors. And occasionally now, I'll have one that says, our collective grandchildren. So that we're also bringing the future into the room. And, and at times in the meeting where, where they're getting into a, a conflict, I'll often say, get out of your chairs, and I want those stakeholder chairs occupied. And, I, and in those chairs, you can only speak from the stakeholder's perspective. Because too often we're just talking internally and we're not getting the stakeholders' voice into the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is probably, uh, in your experience, is that one of the biggest things that happens when people start to, to, to form this commission um, and try to identify and understand the collective for purpose that they're, they're forgetting some parts of the puzzle? Yeah, and, and that, that part of what we have to do is not just be a high performing in terms of having great meetings and great outputs, but to be effective, we have to be co-creating value with and for all our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, what would, would you say that in this commissioning process, this is kind of the, the first, this is a first step in, in forming the team? Yeah, this is foundational. Because if we don't have a collective purpose, we can't go on to the other three disciplines because mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're not yet a real team and got co-ownership about what it, what it is our stakeholders in the future need us as a team to step up to. Mm -hmm. So getting that foundation is really critical for the first step in that team. Okay, Peter, we're going we're gonna to take a short break here. And when we come back, I'd, I'd like to follow that on to once we get this commission as a team, what happens next or, you know, what, how can we help move that team to be high performing with 
the steps that you have outlined in your writings. So for our listeners, we are talking to Dr. Peter Hawkins. He is the Executive Professor of Leadership at Henley Business School in London, where he's researching next generational leadership and leadership development. Peter is also a writer and researcher, and his latest book is called Leadership Team Coaching, Developing Collective Transformational Leadership. And I am Kimberly Lewis, your host. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Peter, you can reach out to Peter at peter.hawkins at renewalassociates.co.uk. And I'll spell that. It's R-E-N-E-W-A-L-A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-E-S at .co.uk. And if you email Peter... He will send you a PDF of the latest global research report he did for Henley Business School, Tomorrow's Leadership and the Necessary Revolution in Today's Leadership Development. So please email him. You can also visit his website at renewalassociates.co.uk and also on Facebook under Renewal Associates and at Twitter under RE Leadership. And once again, I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. I'm a leadership trainer, uh, also a systemic team coach, business expert, and the director of the Women's Leadership Academy 2020 in Europe. And we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Skilled migrants throughout the world can face a variety of challenges. Many times they settle for jobs that are below their skill level because their education and qualifications are not recognized. Do we need local experience in a global world? Join host Alma Besserton for The Global Workplace. We'll explore the issues being faced by migrants as well as showcase diversity and recognize the leadership and inclusion roles of some of today's top global organizations. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Channel. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis. And today we're speaking with Dr. Peter Hawkins, Executive Professor of Leadership at Henley Business School in London, where he's researching the next generation leadership and leadership development. Peter is also a writer and a researcher, and his latest book is called Leadership Team Coaching, Developing Collective Transformational Leadership. Now, before the break, we we talked about, you know, Peter's you know, interest in teams and how that started, and then how he developed his five disciplines. And we talked about how teams had to have a collective purpose, and that would, is what really defines a team is that collective purpose. And the first discipline of commissioning. 
So I'd like to I I'd like to move a little bit, Peter, on commissioning and and ask you about the second discipline, and um, because sometimes commissioning is not always clear. Okay, I mean what what happens, and not just clear to the team, but also clear to actually the leaders, the commissioners. So how does that move into the second discipline? Yeah, well, let me say something about the, uh, the, the clarity issue you talked about in terms of commissioning. Um, mm. In my book, I, I, I tell a story about uh, when I was a leader and I realized that, uh, that uh, my charismatic boss who ran the global organization, she was very good at telling people who reported to her when things happened she didn't want, but like many leaders, was not good at clarifying what good looked like. So what I often say to leadership teams, don't expect the board to tell you what, they, what your commission is. You them and say, look, this is what we think our investors, our employees, our customers, our suppliers, the communities where we operate need from us. Yeah? And allow them then to put red ink with what you come up with so that you start a dialogue process with your stakeholders rather than expect them to give you the commission on a plate. But if we go from commissioning to clarifying, which is the second discipline, if commissioning is coming from the outside and it's through dialogue with all our stakeholders, the second discipline, clarifying, having got clear about the why we're in, clarifying about what it is we need to focus on. It's all about developing our team chart. That we need to do as a whole team. Get together as a team and start to work out that's the world of tomorrow, our stakeholders need. Peter, I'd like to ask you a question about what you just said, because I think it's really important. And you talked about dialogues and starting dialogues with the commissioners and the stakeholders, because a lot of times commissions get cascaded down and the teams really don't know what to do with that commission. And, and sometimes maybe are a little bit afraid to start a dialogue. So is that, how important is that? And is that part of the clarifying process? Well, technically, within my model, it's part of the commissioning process. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, encouraging teams to co-create their commission through dialogue, yeah, is mm -hmm. really important. So one organization, big finance company, we worked with 50 different teams within their organization. And every team started by identifying who were their critical stakeholders and then going out in pairs to interview those stakeholders about what they valued currently about the team, what they found difficult, what they wanted different, not just about what they received from the team, but how they received it. And then when they came back with all that data, rather than present PowerPoint slides, we got them to step into the shoes of the stakeholders they had interviewed and to role play back into the team the challenges coming from outside and creating a dialogue between the, the rest of the team role playing themselves and the people who've done the interviews role playing the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And it's through that iterative process that we create a really rich picture commission. It's kind of what it sounds to me, it's like a it's taking a 360 look at what that commission is. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we have developed um, some questionnaires, which are 360, not on the individuals, but 360 degree uh, feedback processes. Okay, so with, with that in, in mind, so now we have this really clear 360 of what the commission is, and then we start to clarify. So can you talk a little bit about the clarifying process? Yeah, if you look at the model, commissioning is about the task and it's about the external. Clarifying is how do we then bring that back home to the internal and the team then having to sit down and saying, okay, if this is the gap between what we're doing today and what the world of tomorrow and our stakeholders need from us, what is it we need to focus on? What needs to be our collective strategic priorities? And how do we get those strategic priorities and break them down into very specific Team KPIs, mm -hmm. that's things that can be achieved not by us working in parallel to each other, 
that can only be achieved through our collaboration. One team I work with talked about the, the collaboration dividend. Are we clear about that? And, and those strategic issues should be one that are at that the headline and forefront of every team meeting we have. So getting that, that team clarity about focus, about the roles, the goals, that the complete team charter is the work of clarifying. And that needs to be co-created by the team so that they all own it. Because if they don't co-create it, they won't own it. Is this, so this is the, op, you know, the operational KPIs, kind of the steps on, as you said, the charter on, on how the team is going to actually deliver? Yeah, I often say the commission is the why. This is the what. What, what mm -hmm. is it we're going to focus on and what are we going to achieve? What are the outcomes we need to do? And, and that goes right into, yes, detailed stuff. And, and, and a good team KPI is not just a target. It's something that we cannot achieve by just the sum of our individual activities, something mm -hmm. that can, things that can only be achieved through collaboration. So this circles, we're circling back to the collective purpose and now coming up with this charter on, on the, the what, um, on what we're going to achieve. And this, this, Peter, this takes a dynamics because we all have been in teams and we've all seen certain team dynamics. And it, this sounds so easy when we read it on paper, but then now it, we actually have to start to work together. And, and yeah. first we have to we have to agree on what that what is and we have to uh, make sure we all understand what that commission or that collective purpose is and then we have to work together and and that's your next discipline if you want to help us explain yeah. that so if we've we've got a clear why we've got a, a, a focused what now it's the how mm -hmm. so the third discipline called co-creating is all about the how we work together to achieve the, the, the follow the previous two. So in co-creating, we have how, how we hold the meetings. We've done a lot of work to help teams reduce the hours they spend in internal meetings, while at the same time, doubling the value those meetings create. You know, un, unproductive meetings is probably one of the biggest wastages of human talent mm -hmm. that one can find. And, and to make better meetings, there are some practical things like having meetings that are based on outcomes rather than based on reports and agendas. Be really clear what, what it is we have to achieve in that time together. But there are also, as you've pointed out, kind of team dynamics. What, what is the nature of the culture of our team? What, what's the, 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 the dynamics within it? And what is enabling us to achieve our, our what and our commission and our purpose? And, and what's interrupting that? And that can lead to kind of identifying some classic um, tripwires that the team fall, in, fall over or, or patterns that they get stuck in and, and defining what, what, what are the what we call the green card behaviors that we need to encourage in each other uh, and what are the interruptive red card behaviors that we need to gently challenge in each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And is this does is does this where the behavioral part comes in here because of of the team build and the personalities? Is this in this co-creating when you're talking about green card, red card? Um, is this where we have to recognize those behaviors and recognize different contributions and how can we can use those to the utmost? Absolutely. And, and what we've discovered is that often once it's clear about our commission and clear about our focus, addressing the behaviors becomes far less difficult and creates far less resistance because we're addressing behaviors not because they're good or bad, but we're addressing them from the, the, the position of what is needed by our stakeholders and by the world of tomorrow from how we operate. Mm -hmm. So it's not a value judgment about behavior, it's, it's what is fit for purpose. And this this all makes such logical sense because if you understand the why and then figure out the what, 
um, and you deal with this interaction in the how, then you can really start to move that team forward and kind of the team becomes itself higher perform a higher performing team. And then you you talk about after these three steps happen, you talk about the fourth phase of connecting. So is yeah, that connecting uh, within or outside or what is connecting? So connecting takes us back outside the internals of the team. Mm-hmm. And if you say the first one is the why, then the what, then the how, this is the who. And I often say we could do those first three disciplines and become a very efficient team, but we're not yet creating any value. Value is 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 created not when the team are in their team meetings, but when they are in individuals or pairs out there connecting with their critical stakeholders, their customers, the people who report to them, the other parts of the organization, the suppliers, the communities. And, and so connecting with a team has been really clear not just who are all our stakeholders, but who are the critical stakeholders? If we don't get the, the connection right with them, we will not succeed. And how do we shift all those moments of truth with each of those different stakeholder groups? And this, Peter, this is part of the dialogue again, because I'm listening and, and uh, of course, you know, I've also been with you in some of your teachings, and it, it, this is like a circle. So I'm, I'm back to connecting. I'm back to coming and having a dialogue with, with those commissioners and those stakeholders. And if I have defined that in the first phase, in the commissioning phase, then this should be a lot easier for the team in this phase. It's, it's, to me, it's all... Yeah, go ahead. What's happened between the the, the commissioning and now back connecting with the stakeholders is by the time we get back to this stage, every member of the team should be able to represent the whole team rather than just their part of it. Mm. And, and, And this is one of the critical things about teams in today's world is that the, the, the complexity of the stakeholder world is much greater. And the number of stakeholders we need to connect with is much greater. So no longer can we rely just on the team leader to be the spokesperson and ambassador for the team. Every team member needs to be able to represent the whole, the integrated whole. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the tests that we've done the first three bits of work well, because we've got to that stage. And then they have to be able to do that in a way that is, is taking out a clarity and a joined upness to our stakeholders not just a, an individual representationalness. Okay, good. Okay, with that, Peter, we're going to take a short break now. And for our listeners, we're speaking with Dr. Peter Hawkins. He's the Executive Professor of Leadership at Henley Business School in London, where he's researching next-generational leadership and leadership development. He is a writer and researcher in his latest book called Leadership Team Coaching, Developing Collective Transformational Leadership. is absolutely a fantastic book. I've read it. I would urge you to go online and order it immediately. And Peter, we've we've gone through the four disciplines now. When we come back, I'd, I'd like to talk about the, the fifth discipline and also talk a little bit about unique challenges that teams face t- today um, because the world is constantly changing. And for our listeners, I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And once again, we're speaking with Dr. Peter Hawkins. And if you'd like to reach out to Peter, you can email Peter at peter.hawkins at renewalassociates.co.uk. That's R-E-N-E-W-A-L-A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-E-S at .co.uk. And if you send uh, Peter an email, he will send you a complimentary PDF of his recent report called Tomorrow's Leadership and the Necessary Revolution in Today's Leadership Development. You can also reach out to me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And you can reach Peter also on Facebook under Renewal Associates and under his website, renewalassociates.com. 
www.ctrc.co.uk. And with that, we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and today we're speaking with Dr. Peter Hawkins, and he is the author of Leadership Team Coaching, Developing Collective Transformational Leadership. And before the break, we talked about the, we've been talking about the five disciplines that support high performing teams. And we talked about four of them and they were the commission, the clarifying, the co-creating and the connection, which Peter explained to us was kind of why, what, how, and then who of developing a high-performing team. And Peter, I'd like to, the the last discipline is called core learning. And what is that? Well, what, why the fifth discipline is so important is that you could be do, having a clear purpose, really clear about your team charter, having great meetings, connecting with all your stakeholders. And all that will mean is that you're getting better at better at playing today's game. But what we know about the world right now is we're, we're living in a time of, of hyper-change and hyper-connection. So what the world of tomorrow needs is going to be different from what the world of today needs. And the fifth discipline is about are we constantly growing our capacity collectively as a team and the capacity of each individual to be able to meet the, the changing needs of tomorrow? And interestingly, Kimberly, that uh, we must have done 360-degree feedback on about 200 teams. And in 95% of those teams, it's this fifth discipline that is scored the lowest. Teams are so busy focusing on the urgent needs of today and next quarter's profits that they're failing to grow their capacity to do more at higher quality with less resource, which is what the world of tomorrow is going to be asking of them. And that's so important, Peter, because teams teams are changing. So with that, 
fifth discipline, we're seeing the importance of teams today. So why in today's environment, why are teams so critical today? It's partly, Kimberly, that, that we used to be able to operate that, you know, in a, in a senior leadership team, the CEO would say to the, the HR director, you look after the employees and to the sales director, you look after the, the, to, to the sales and to the, uh, the, 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 the supply department, you look after all the suppliers and the finance director, you look after the investors. But today's world, our, our complexity of our stakeholder world is much more complex when we did the research, what one CEO said to me, look, I've got lots of coaches who coach my individuals and lots of consultants who consult to parts of my organization, but that's not where the challenges lie. The challenges all lie in the connections, both the internal connections and the external connections. And so the days when a, a leadership team would just look after their bit of the jigsaw and leave the CEO to be the one who put it all together those days are gone. As I said in one article, the, the heroic CEO is dead, long live the team. <laughs> That's good. We but, need the team to own the connections because we're dealing with the fact that there is inevitable contention between the needs of our different stakeholders. We have to find a way of co-creating value that goes with and for all of them in a joined up way. And, and that's driving uh, the need for much greater collaboration. So, so I sometimes say, Kimberly, that if, if the last 30 years of coaching was about moving from IQ to EQ, from, from cognitive intelligence to emotional intelligence, the next 30 years are about moving from IQ to WeQ, to collaborative mm -hmm. intelligence. Because without that, we will not solve the, the, the growing challenges of our time. And that would be my that would be my next question because this we've gone through these five disciplines and this sounds quite logical but as a leader okay this would be very difficult for me to actually continue to be on top of this and implement this myself so how important is team coaching you said it's the new coaching now, coaching in the past and team coaching, because of the emphasis of how important teams are, teams coaching is critical. Um, how important is it for me, a leader, to, to seek support on this? Yeah, I, in the um, second edition, and it's also in the third, it wasn't in the first edition, I, I wrote a chapter because I started to realize that, that by far the vast majority of team coaching is not done by professional team coaches, it's done by team leaders. Mm-hmm. And in that, I wrote a chapter with the help of four CEOs from four different sectors and four different countries um, to write. And I only included things they had used with their own teams and that had made a difference. So it was kind of really road tested. And in that, I talk about how do leaders move from being a team manager where they're running around spinning all the plates, trying to manage all the parts with each of their subordinates to being a team leader who's who's managing how we more than the sum of the parts, to a team orchestra, orchestrator, who's attending to the connections, to a team coach. And I think that the team leaders of tomorrow need to be team coaches. Mm -hmm. But of course, there are some aspects where, where the team leader is also part of the team dynamic and is also part of the system, where, where you need some help from outside. But ultimately, that help from outside needs to to be handing over to back over to the team leader to be constantly coaching and growing the capacity of their collective leadership and the collective team. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, Peter, here to, to clarify also that a little bit further because there's a lot of confusion around team coaching uh, because it's not team facilitation. Uh, yeah. um, it's not team building. So, so if I'm a, a leader, how do, and I do need some support because I am part of the team, how do I find a, a, a team coach? Well, what, what I think you have to first of all start doing as the team leader is not to go out and try and buy team coaching as a product. Mm -hmm. Right. You need to go and find someone. And uh, if, if you're right to me, we have um, 
lists of people who've trained with us as systemic team coaches in many parts of the world, from from uh, South Africa to Scandinavia and Australia to, to Brazil and the West Coast of America. Um, you did, but what you need to do is find someone who you feel, hey, this is somebody I can trust, somebody who who will walk the journey with me, mm-hmm. but somebody who will also challenge myself as the team leader and the team to, to see what we're not noticing, what we're not hearing, what's out there in the system that we need to attend to. And that is to be a partner, not a supplier. Mm-hmm. And, and, and good team coaching is not just a series of events. It's a, you know, a nine-month to a one-year relationship where together, team leader, the team coach, the whole team have worked out, this is where we are today. Here's our 360-degree feedback. This is where we need to be to be really successful in a year's time. And, and this is, you know, we'll remeasure it in a year's time. So this is the journey we've all co-created together as a team and team coach. So this isn't something that's done to you. It's something you co-create and do the journey together. Mm-hmm. So it's working as a partner with somebody on this. And as a leader, though, what we've talked about on your five disciplines, um, it sounds very simple, but as you start to go into it, it gets quite complex. Now, you are also doing some three-day seminars to help leaders understand this better. Is that correct? Yeah, we, 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 we run both uh, three-day workshops, both for people who want to train in systemic team coaches, and that often is a mixture of uh, experienced OD people, organizational development people, HR people and coaches who want to, to really develop this craft of systemic team coaching. But we also do programs uh, for leaders about how they can coach their own teams. Mm-hmm. And some of those we run in-house and some we run as open programs. Because uh, as a leader here, it would be probably be very beneficial for me to, to have a better understanding of this because Sometimes when you start to think about this, Peter, it's, oh, yes, this makes sense. But we get so busy in our leadership. And as you said, you know, checking off the, the boxes, making sure the finance is there, making sure everything's delivered, that we kind of lose that that 360 look and we kind of focus on different parts of the puzzles. So as leaders, it'd be very, I rec- highly recommend going and to at least a three-day session and trying to get more understanding on this because it will help you. So Peter, as we as we kind of wrapping this up and we're talking to both we're talking our listeners are leaders out there and we're talking to coaches. Um, what would you give as the two biggest pieces of advice about high performing teams to leaders out there? how to get them to hire. To so the first, the first bit of advice would be, don't see being a high-performing team as a place of arrival, something where you can tick the boxes. Because now I say, rather than talking about high-performing teams, we should talk about how do we create teams that are constantly co-creating value with and for all their stakeholders. So that's the first thing. The second thing I'd say is um, I, I, I was talking to a CEO recently and I, he asked me something similar. And I said, look, you need to start as a leader by saying, going to your team and saying, we have some big challenges. Yeah, not I or you, but we. And the second thing the leader has to say is, and I need your help. We need leaders who aren't heroic, but leaders who are great orchestrators, collaborative inquirers, who can enroll the whole team with a challenge and create an answer to that challenge that's more than the sum of the parts and more than they could come up with by themselves. And that's quite a shift in the leadership paradigm. Okay, yeah? that 
Well, I think that's great advice as we end up today. And Peter, thank you so much. It's been so great speaking with you today. And for our listeners, we've been speaking with Dr. Peter Hawkins, Executive Professor of Leadership at Henley Business School in London, where he's researching the next generational leadership and leadership development. He is a writer and researcher, and his latest book is called Leadership Team Coaching, Developing Collective Transformational Leadership. Now, Peter would love to have you reach out to him at peter.com. Hawkins at renewalassociates.co.uk. And if you reach out to him, he will send you a PDF of the latest global research report he did for Henley Business School, Tomorrow's Leadership and Necessary Revolution in Today's Leadership Development. You can also reach Peter on his website at www.renewalassociates.co.uk. C-O-U-K, and also Renewal Associates on Facebook and at RE Leadership on Twitter. And with that, I'd just like to, to say that Peter does do training seminars for leaders and coaches. And I think your next seminar is going to be in Los Angeles. He is, does them throughout Europe, throughout the world. Uh, he, in the United States, he'll be off Los Angeles, April 4th to 6th. And then in Vancouver, April 16th to 18th. And if you want to see Peter, he's also going to be at the All-American Coaching Supervision Conference in Vancouver, the 19th and the 20th of April. But I think the easiest thing is to check out his website and you can find out where he is and please reach out to him so once again peter thank you so much it's been so great having you on the show thank you kimberly pleasure to speak with you yeah. And for our listeners, please tune in to us each week and also contact me for motivational speaking, executive coaching and systemic team coaching, leadership training, because I also have learned from Peter and I have to say that's why I can recommend his seminars. So they're fantastic. And reach out to me at Leadership beyond borders at gmail.com. Listen to our previous episodes and also check out the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. And I hope to hear you and talk to you next, see you next week. And I hope to get some mails from you. And each week I end the series with a tip of the day. And I think my tip for today is to remember what Peter said. It all begins with a collective endeavor, okay? And that's that's the foundation of the team. And once you look at these disciplines and you can create team effectiveness, which is critical, but only when you do this can you pave the path for a high-performing team. So thank you and until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.